This episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast is brought to you by Rich's Billiards, 5815 Weber. Not your average hero's new name, same place. We are getting closer and closer to the conclusion of the thank you taker tribute. And it's not over yet, guys. We are here at part 11 of the thank you taker tribute. Now, as always, before we go ahead and get on to the next chapter... I must remind everybody that Survivor Series is coming up this coming Sunday, live as it happens on pay-per-view. It's the usual Thanksgiving Day tradition, Raw versus SmackDown, and it's all going to take place this coming Sunday on the WWE Network. And not only that, it is the 30th anniversary, 30 years since the debut of The Undertaker. It was November 22nd of 1990 when The Undertaker made his debut for the first time. Now, 30 years later, The Undertaker returns, and he returns for his final farewell. And that we are going to cover in the final episode of the Thank You Taker Tribute Part 12, which will happen immediately after WWE Survivor Series, live as it happens on the WWE Network. Now... When we last left you, The Undertaker did not appear at this year's WrestleMania. As a matter of fact, he didn't appear at WrestleMania 35 at all. However, The Undertaker did reappear the day after WrestleMania. It seems very, very strange to see The Undertaker appear the day after WrestleMania when he didn't appear at all. But he came in and did what he did to Elias and laid him straight to rest. So now with The Undertaker with a new contract going and everything else like that, what's next for the dead man? What's next for The Undertaker? Where does he have to go? Well, the next opportunity would be on June 7th of 2019 in Saudi Arabia, WWE's Super Showdown. But who's The Undertaker's opponent? Who is he going to take on? The Undertaker has taken on a lot of great opponents. A lot from Shawn Michaels to Triple H to Stone Cold to Kane and many, many others. But did you ever imagine if The Undertaker were to take on somebody from, say, WCW? And no, I'm not talking about Sting. Although that would be something that a lot of fans would like to see. Think about this for a moment. The Undertaker, who had one of the most greatest streaks in the history of WrestleMania, 21-0 at that time. And he would take on a man who has one of the greatest streaks in the history of professional wrestling, 173-0. He was the first undefeated superstar, first undefeated WCW superstar to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And he is none other than the iconic Goldberg. Now, true, on paper, this looks good. Undertaker, Goldberg, Super Showdown in Saudi Arabia. Oh, man, it just sounds good from head to toe. And you just can imagine the chills coming up and down everyone's spine. But... There are those critics, those same critics that, well, not only like the idea of seeing The Undertaker taking on Goldberg, but also the fact that, isn't it a bit too soon? Isn't it a bit too late? 
for these legends. Well, as the old expression goes, it's never too late. How on earth are you gonna stop this guy? We have never seen a man quite like this. He is truly superhuman. Seventh, two thousand nineteen, and we've got the next match. So the Undertaker takes on Goldberg for the first time, and you know, I I admit that this was uh, this you know this is something that you know even I as a fan uh, like it. You know, I, I like it because you've got two legendary figures going at it for the first time ever, and it's taking place over in Saudi Arabia. You know. And as a fan, you can dig it. You can like it. You, you love how this looks. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't put anything better than that if you could. But then there's always the critics. There's always, um, you know, the people, the fans that always say that 
you know, these guys are too old. <laughs> these guys cannot hang still. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen The Undertaker in the ring. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen Goldberg in the ring. And these two going at it for the first time. I mean, it looks good, but, um, you know... To be honest with you, I mean, like I said, I, I like how it is, but also at the same time, you got to ask yourself this question. I mean, is it really worth, you know, having this matchup to happen? You know, is it worth it at all? So you have the match. The matchup took place. I, I still remember uh, it was right around Friday. Um, I watched the match when I was at home. I got out of work a bit early on time because right around that time, um, in Saudi Arabia time, it would start probably about maybe 8, 9, maybe 10 o'clock at night over in Saudi Arabia. But here in Corpus, you can actually see it during the day. So it would actually be like right around um, maybe 3, maybe 4 o'clock when it started. Because um, the time, the actual time that started over here was around maybe 11 o'clock, Right. 11 o'clock was when the whole event started. 12 was when everything came into play. So, I saw some of the matches that took place over at Showdown, at the Super Showdown event. And it all just led to what was next, you know. Um, uh, So, we go to Undertaker. We go to Goldberg. We go to this match. We see how this is going to play out. And as I'm watching this match, my first thought is uh, Goldberg is going to go hard and he's going to do it as quickly as possible to end the match. And that's how it would go. <clears throat> I had did a previous episode of the Main Event Talk podcast um, about that, uh, about around that time, as a matter of fact. But this took place around Facebook and you can only hear it on Facebook, you know, to hear my review and everything. When I did the, um, when I saw the match, it was good from the beginning. It was uh, very good from the beginning. However, uh, certain aspects, uh, certain things that happened that nobody expected. And it was just, you know, like what happened here, you know? Where did where did this go? How did this go? And, you know, how far did it go as far as it went down? From the beginning, it seemed good. Goldberg uh, attacked. Goldberg came in and just, you know, dominated. He attacked. He did everything he could. And it seemed like... It seemed like Goldberg was on the verge of winning. He was on, on his way to go ahead and doing what he was going to do. You know, and that was win the match... And move on to the next thing. Move on to the next thing and, and you know, move forward. <coughs> but instead, the matchup looked good from the beginning. But then it ended up looking like shit. And it was terrible. It was just extremely terrible for what it was. And you couldn't believe what you were watching. You know, it's was like, you know... Like I said at the beginning, it looked okay, but then certain things started happening and you couldn't believe what was taking place. You know, you couldn't believe what you were watching, you couldn't believe what was taking place, and both men were having some very difficult time trying to, you know, 
get get the thing going. So I could tell the Undertaker was pissed. I could also tell Goldberg was pissed. It was it was so insane just watching it. I mean, it was you know the Undertaker. There was this one botch I remember watching where. Uh, it looked like he was going to go for his jackhammer move, but the Undertaker kind of, he landed on his neck, and when I saw that, I, I was just immediately like, oh my god, and I don't think the Undertaker was meant to do that, and I don't think Goldberg meant to do that either. This matchup, from the beginning was okay, from maybe from the first two minutes of the matchup was beginning to be good. But then, you know, botches were coming from Undertaker. Botches were happening from Goldberg. This matchup was like maybe maybe five, six minutes long into the match. And then um, the only decent thing that happened was the Undertaker went ahead and tombstone Goldberg. And then that was it. That was the end of the match. And then <clears throat> right as the end was near, all of a sudden... I saw the Undertaker with that look on his face and he was he was pissed. He was extremely pissed. And while the WWE can go ahead and cover up whatever they say and 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 just, you know, ignore whatever the fuck happens, it's someone like me that will go ahead and tell you, this is what happened. This is what you saw. This is what took place. You saw the under you saw the look on the Undertaker's face right there. And that was something that you know, nobody expected. Nobody expected that shit to happen at all. That was something that shouldn't have never happened. And as I mentioned on the podcast, this wasn't Undertaker's fault. This wasn't even Goldberg's fault. This 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 just didn't turn out the way it was supposed to. Super Showdown, the event that night was good. All the matches were good. All you know, everything turned out very, very well. But the main event didn't turn out so well. It it was something that was talked about not just in the WWE universe, but it was also talked about all over social media. I mean, I still remember watching my Twitter blow up and seeing everybody talk about how bad that match was and seeing what The Undertaker did wrong and how everything just <coughs> just completely messed up. You know, nobody expected that to happen. And it was just, man, you didn't know what to do. The Undertaker, like I said, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault that this shit happened. And it wasn't wasn't Goldberg's fault either. I mean, even though, yes, he may have, you know, did the whole jackhammer thing wrong. But there were a lot of things that both men did wrong, you know. And, and and you can't sit here and just say, well, it's all Undertaker's fault. No, both men took responsibility for what happened. Both men did. But also, both men had to realize what they were getting themselves into. This was a complete, this was a complete disaster. There was no way to come up from it. Um, nobody knew what to do. Uh, I remember hearing, you know, reading the initial reports that there were there was there was so much um both the undertaker and um goldberg were upset at each other because of how this ended up it could have it could have ended a whole lot better it could have been it could have been much different 
it could have, you know, ended in a different capacity. It could have ended in some sort of a different capacity, but nobody knew what to do, you know. So even though The Undertaker had won his match, even though The Undertaker had won his match against Goldberg, um, it just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't there, you know. And, you know, as a fan, you know, you, you know, this was one of these things that I like The Undertaker being a part of certain matches that you like, you know, like his match with, um, uh, his match with, I, I think Ric Flair was pretty good at WrestleMania 17. Uh, his match with, um, with Triple H was pretty good as well, even though, the, you know, the following matchup didn't work, turn out so well. There were, there's always going to be certain matches that The Undertaker is going to follow through on. It's going to work. It's going to work the way it's supposed to be. But then there's going to be those matches that you're just like, wow, I mean, I mean, nobody expected that to happen, and, and what do you say to that? What do you do? You know? So, even though The Undertaker had his match, won it, and took it over, that was one moment where um, I know The Undertaker wishes that, you know, he could, I don't know if he wants to take the match back, or if it, if he could find a way to do it all over again. And to me personally, if I see another match between Goldberg and The Undertaker, and let's also bring up uh, bring up one other thing. This match was also way too soon. It took about two weeks for this match to happen. If this was a two months in advance, I guarantee you we would probably get a better match. The WWE messed up on that hugely. I and, and, and like I stated before, it's not The Undertaker's fault. It's not even Goldberg's fault. And, you know, we can blame it on WWE. It's the only way to go, you know? All I know is, if we ever see this match again, give it two months, give it time, I guarantee you, that matchup will look a whole lot better than it did over Saudi Arabia. Kick by McIntyre. That's it. Just count it. Shane won't stop. He wants to humiliate Roman. Wants to knock him cold here. And now mocking Roman Reigns. And a spear. Delivering Roman's own move to him with the help of McIntyre. Gone up one more. Shane wants another Claymore from McIntyre. And enough is enough already. Roman Reigns, no clue where he even is. Drew wants to make this one personal. Now a Claymore to Roman Reigns again. A disgusting, pathetic display here tonight by Shane and Drew. And now this, look at Drew holding Roman down as Shane goes to the top rope, looking for the coast-to-coast here. No! Wait a minute. Wait just a minute. Are you kidding? 
Undertaker is here! The Phenom is here! The Phenom with a choke slam to Shane McMahon! And Aaron Boone to McIntyre! The Undertaker, the dead man is risen! The deadly strikes, the dead man! The Phenom unloading on McIntyre! The Undertaker is here on Raw! Just encountered the Reaper. Nobody, not even Roman Reigns, expected this. So, after the whole debacle that happened over at Saudi Arabia, the whole thing that happened at Super Showdown, The Undertaker would reappear before everybody a couple of weeks later. And uh, Roman Reigns is in this feud between Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre, right? Now, we're all thinking that we're going to see Roman Reigns against Shane McMahon at Extreme Rules. That's what I kept thinking was going to happen. Uh, Drew McIntyre would play a major role. Uh, I remember um, stating that it would be great to see Shane McMahon against Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules, and then we would move on to SummerSlam to see Drew McIntyre against Roman Reigns, right? But then The Undertaker would appear. And that shocked me because I wasn't expecting that, you know? I wasn't expecting that at all, but... It happened the way it happened, you know, and now The Undertaker becomes a part of this whole deal, and then here comes Extreme Rules, and all of a sudden we get The Undertaker to take on, uh, and Roman Reigns to take on the team of Shane McMahon, (coughs) to take on Shane McMahon and um, Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. And it was a good match. It was a very good match. This sort of made up for what happened at um, WWE Extreme Rules. Uh, you know, when when you um, when you went from having a bad match over in Saudi Arabia, you would expect you would expect something like this to happen. You would. The Undertaker, I know, was still you know kind of upset at how how it went down and, you know, wish something different would happen at that, uh, at that event. But, you know, it ended up a whole lot better than expected. So Drew and Shane would take on Roman Reigns and The Undertaker, and The Undertaker looked extremely phenomenal. He looked great. The Undertaker looked like he never lost step. 
both Shane McMahon uh, and Drew McIntyre were pretty much worse for wear. And then after that, I guess you can say that... I guess you could say that The Undertaker is back better than ever. And he did pretty well with Roman. Won his match against Shane and Drew McIntyre. And then after that... Supposedly, The Undertaker was going to take some time off right after. You know, I I remember him... I remember The Undertaker was... um, you know, pretty much praising Roman Reigns and pretty much handing the yard over to Roman Reigns. And I saw that right right at the end of the match, which which was good, which was very, very good. You know, it's one of those things where you're, you're going ahead and passing the torch along, which is pretty cool. I dig that, dig that a whole lot. So then The Undertaker decides he's going to take some time off, you know. He's going to take some time off away from everything. He's going to... You know, do what he can for himself and do what he can for his family and everything. So, um, <clears throat> he had to take some time off away from, you know, everything that goes on. So, we're in 2019 and Undertaker is, you know, like I said, taking some time off and he's, you know, he was due for surgery, and uh, I guess they were working on his neck, you know, because around that time when The Undertaker had his match against um, Goldberg, he got hurt. And even though his neck surgery didn't happen just yet, it happened r- right after Extreme Rules. And um, and I think that was it for The Undertaker for right now. But I think his next move, The Undertaker's next move was to possibly go to Wrestlemania next year and who his opponent was going to be um, we don't know you know so at this point you know Undertaker is trying to take as much time as he can you know the the word was the word that I remembered was originally and this is what I was reading through some of the reports. Originally, they were going to try and put The Undertaker in a match against Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam, which I thought would be tremendous because this would be a good way for The Undertaker to put over on Drew McIntyre. <coughs> and it would be great. It would be great in so many ways, you know? To see that take place and, you know, everything would look good. Everything would look right. But I, I guess but I guess due to the injury and due to the surgery, you know, there was no way for, for that match to take place. There was no way for that match to take place at all. So they had no choice but to, uh, I guess, I guess postpone it, at least for now. And a lot of people were upset about that because they really wanted to see Drew McIntyre take on The Undertaker. And that would be something, you know, special not only for The Undertaker, it would also be something special. It would also be something special for The Undertaker, well, not only for The Undertaker, but for Drew McIntyre. Because you know, 
you know, like any other aspiring superstar, whenever you have an opportunity to take on the dead man, it's an honor, it's a privilege, it's everything you ever expected to happen. And little did we know that Drew McIntyre was going to have himself a future one way or another. And The Undertaker would still have, you know, his day in the sun. And maybe, maybe one day we will see Drew against The Undertaker. Maybe we'll see that sometime where down the road. <sighs> but I guess in the meantime, all we can do is just dream. That's all we can do. What would WrestleMania season be without me? And being the humble man I am, I can honestly say I am the greatest superstar on any roster, in any era. AJ Styles drew the attention of the wrong individual. The Undertaker has taken moments from me. Not once, but twice. What was it, Taker? Was it your ego? Was it the spotlight? Whatever it is, it's gonna cost you. Because I want you at WrestleMania. Hey, hey, hey. 15 years ago, I'd maybe have been a little bit hesitant about calling The Undertaker out. But I don't see this mythical monster anymore. I don't see this phenom anymore. What I do see is a broken down old man named Mark Galloway. I don't know what keeps him coming back, but I've got a pretty good idea. It's his wife. Hey, it's Michelle McCool. Hey, Michelle, I hope you're watching at home. She plays him like a fiddle. Anything and everything she wants, she gets. Despite her husband getting in this ring and getting hurt every time he steps in it now. Undertaker, your wife is going to run you into the ground. And I'm going to help her. Undertaker is furious when he arrived to the ring expecting his contract signing. Undertaker! Undertaker, Mark, you are a shell of your former self. Again, I think I know whose fault this is. It's your wife's. She helps you dust off that crusty old jacket and hat and embarrass yourself. You know what? Huh? You take it. You take it, huh? I got the perfect place 
picked out the perfect plot for you. And ironically enough, it is the same plot that Michelle McCoy, your wife, picked out when she buried your career. <laughs> So, 2020 comes along. The Undertaker comes back. The Undertaker comes back, and the word that I got was it was going to be Undertaker versus AJ Styles. And my thought, my thought was, you couldn't pick a better opponent if you could. Than the Undertaker, than AJ Styles, you know. <clears throat> I remember, you know, for years fans have always wanted to see the Undertaker take on AJ Styles. That was always a match that it's a dream match in most ways. It's a dream match in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when you when you look at the career of AJ Styles, you know, I have always been a huge fan of AJ Styles. Loved his work. Uh, loved his work in Ring of Honor. Loved his work in TNA Wrestling. Uh, he held on to the NWA World Title, the Tag Team Titles, the X Division Championship. You know, he's held on. He's not only held on to some championships. He's faced off against some of the best. He's taken on Kurt Angle. He's taken on Sting. He's taken on Samoa Joe. He's taken on Christopher Daniels. He's taken on, um, you know, so many, so many people in his career. When he came to the WWE, he took on some of the best. He took on Chris Jericho, took on Roman Reigns, you know, took on, you know, the best of the best, the who's who of WWE. He even took on Brock Lesnar, and and that was a... You know, no feat in itself, you know. And, you know, as I'm watching all this happen, and and I'm like, wow, this is going to be cool, you know. AJ Styles versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And that would be pretty cool to watch. But then something happened. Sometimes we we all come to realize in life that, you know, we, we always look at pro wrestling. We always look at certain things that we escape from every chance we get. But sometimes when we look at the news and we always look at some of the things that are going on, reality sits in. It sits in on, on us in a very huge way. March 20th for me is a date that I'm never going to forget. Because that was the moment I remember when I was over at Rich's Billiards and, you know, it was announced that it was going to be the last time that that bar was going to be open. A lot of places were going to shut down. A lot of places were going to be closed for the time being because of the whole pandemic, because of the whole thing with the coronavirus. And this put WrestleMania in a huge jeopardy. So Undertaker was going to have a matchup with AJ Styles at WrestleMania, and it was going to be over at Ring J Stadium over in uh, Tampa Bay, Florida. But since that wasn't going to happen, they decided that they were going to move WrestleMania over to the Performance Center. Now, personal note for me, um, 
you figured the smartest thing to do would be just to shut down. Just to shut down WrestleMania. Just to put it out of the way. But as the old expression goes, and as people told me for so many years, you know, where, you know, you, you, re- you do realize, you know, you're dealing with Vince McMahon, right? You know, he's not going to shut down. You know, that shit's not going to happen. You know, the, the show is about to go on. And while other people make everyone believe that whatever Vince McMahon, you know, he says that it's about, you know, we want to do what's right for the fans and we want to do this and that. No, he doesn't. And that's just my personal take on it. But it is what it is. And they're going to go through with WrestleMania, however it is, with or without a stadium. And what's worse, with or without an audience. So now it happens. WrestleMania takes place. And comes to this point where now we got Undertaker versus AJ Styles. But it would be a, a boneyard match. It would be a boneyard match. And your mind, your, your mind wanders and you think, okay, what the hell is a boneyard match? Where's this going to go? How far is this going to go? And, and, and the first thing that comes to your head is there, there's got to be tombstones involved. There's got to be a graveyard involved in some way. Sure enough, this was going to be the first ever cinematic match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. And cinematic, you know, being the fact that it's a match where it's not live. And obviously it's where it looks basically like a movie. That's what it is, you know, and it, it was uh, tough. It wasn't really tough to watch, but it was also something that you had to sit back, relax and wonder, OK, how is all this going to come together? How is all this going to work? Are, are we looking at this from from a way how AJ would like it or are we looking at it as a way for the undertaker to watch it? We don't know exactly, and we don't know, you know, how it's going to work, but, you know, this is WrestleMania. This is The Undertaker. This is AJ Styles. This is a Boneyard match. So let's do it. Let's get it out of the way. That Boneyard match... A 25-minute fight scene, and they beat the crap out of each other. Hey, get there! We're just getting started. Oh, no, 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 no. 
thought <laughs> when I um, <coughs> when I saw the Boneyard match for the first time um, it would happen at Wrestlemania for the first time Wrestlemania would be a two night event Wrestlemania has always been like a a seven eight hour event every single time when you see it and now all of a sudden it ends up being a two night event, which is good. I've I've always felt that if um, you know if they're gonna do something like that and make it a two night event, they should do it. You know, one for Saturday, one for Sunday, and that and that's good. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like doing the whole thing with Wrestle Kingdom because you know they uh, you know they were pretty much the ones that did uh, the whole thing, the whole two night event thing. So why not the WWE? <laughs> why not? So the Boneyard match. Got a lot of good reviews. A lot of fans loved it. And, you know, so many people were talking about it. I mean, social media was blowing up when they saw the matchup. While every match was taking place over at the Performance Center, while everything was happening, you know, as it was happening, they went ahead and, you know, did what they could. You know, they got um, The Undertaker and AJ Styles in this match. And it was pretty good to watch. I mean, I was just like in awe, you know, AJ Styles coming out in a, in a hearse, right? And he comes out of a casket, which was pretty, pretty cool to see that. And then all of a sudden, here comes The Undertaker. Now, one thing about that match the undertaker did not come out in his old persona he came out in uh another in another persona but something we haven't seen since 2003 and a lot of people were speculating that the undertaker if he chooses to come back and if he chooses to come in in a different way he's not going to come out as the dead man a lot of people want to see the American badass. They want to see that version of the Undertaker, which I, you know, I thought, you know what, that I don't see a problem with that. I really don't see a problem with that because when you think about it closely, um, this was always about um, Undertaker was always about somebody that wanted to change the game wanted to change everything around and you know he doesn't al- he doesn't always have to come out as the American badass from the beginnings he was always a dead man from 1990 all the way down to 1999 and he had changed every single time 
And then 2000 rolls around and then The Undertaker goes ahead and goes from this, from, you know, walking around with, with the suit, with the trench coat, with the top hat, right? And then he comes back in 2000 and he comes back, you know, still with the trench coat and everything, but he's got a bandana and he's driving around in a Harley. And this, this was something that even I admit that I like this version of The Undertaker. I really do, because this is this is the version that that I you know was like thinking if if you know with the Attitude Era coming along, and if there's going to be a different version of the Undertaker, then let's let it be this individual. Let's let's let it be this guy, you know, because it's going to be something that a lot of fans are going to like, look forward to, you know, seeing, and it would be something that will be like will give everyone a chance to see this other persona. So The Undertaker would have this uh, American Badass persona from 2000 all the way to 2003. Then, of course, you know, The Undertaker would go back to his old ways back in 2004, you know. So we're in 2020, and The Undertaker comes back, but he comes out as The American Badass. You know, when, when The Undertaker came out, I was watching it, and I was watching that whole thing with, uh, we're all thinking that The Undertaker, and everyone was, everyone was asking for this. I think The Undertaker should come out with the Limp Biscuit song, you know, rolling, 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 rolling. And I said, no, no, <laughs> no. And, and, and as much as I love that song, <laughs> and, and everyone keeps forgetting about the American Badass song from Kid Rock that he came out to also, which I remember that quite well. If The Undertaker, I mean, he couldn't come out to a better song than Metallica. He couldn't because, you know, when I saw that, I was like, sweet. You know, that's that's The Undertaker. That's, you know, that's the way it is. <coughs> so he comes out, you know, as the American badass in this one and he's fighting AJ Styles they're in this graveyard obviously but they're also in some big ass warehouse right and it's you know, fucking nuts watching this and I'm just like what the fuck it's completely like a, a movie and that's what it is pretty much like a movie you know and I, I wasn't complaining about it or upset about it in any way possible it was just like you know this was it this was this is what needed to happen. This is what needed to go. And, you know, how, how else do you do it? You know? There are fans that like this match. The Boneyard match between Undertaker and AJ Styles. But then there are others that that just, you know, critique it. You know, because it, it wasn't a match. And and I kept telling a lot of people, this was a match. This was a fucking match. These were two guys, you know, fighting in a graveyard somewhere. And... It ended up perfect. It ended up good, you know? I watched this... I must have watched this match, like, I don't know how many times, you know, seeing this Boneyard match, and nobody could stop talking about this match with The Undertaker. You know? Undertaker, AJ Styles, you know, you couldn't... You couldn't put a better match if you could, right? So, yeah, I remember seeing the end of it, and where... The Undertaker is picking up AJ Styles and, you know, 
I remember when he picked him up and he, you know, choked him right there. You know, take it like a man. Take it like a man. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just so funny to watch. And AJ coming out, you know, saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, you're sorry. You're sorry. <laughs> and it was, you know, typical Undertaker stuff. And it was, it was cool watching that, you know. And then it's like, you know. No, nah, don't worry. I'm not going to bury you. I'm not going to bury you. You know, there's, there's not a lot of people that take that fight on me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like thinking that, oh, shit, he's, he's setting him up. He's setting him up. So the Undertaker is just, you know, looking at him. There's not, there's not a lot of old people take a, take that fight, you know. Yeah, you're, you're going to be okay, kid. You're going to be okay. <laughs> and AJ was just all fucking, you know, standing up and was like, he was like thinking in his head, nothing's going to happen to him. But I'm, I'm like looking at this. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, and then bam, he just kicked him right there, pretty much right into the, right into his own grave, you know, and, you know, the match was cool, the match was cool, I mean, I, I digged it, a lot of other fans digged it, and, you know, you just couldn't help but, you know, see how it all went down, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, I looked at that match and I just said, man, that's, that's pretty much the way to go right there. You know, you couldn't put together a good match and, you know, so the word was, (coughs) the word was, is that. The Undertaker is possibly, this was probably The Undertaker's last and final match, you know? And um, The Undertaker has been going through a lot of stuff. Um, you know, he put together the, the Last Ride documentaries. He put about uh, five different episodes. And then he went ahead and, um, you know, we're, we're right now on the the 30 days of the dead man which we're almost coming to an end at this point you know so 30 years 30 years of the undertaker you know i had followed the undertaker's career since 1990 i have seen every match he's ever had you know still remember being a kid you know watching survivor series and Watching The Undertaker come out for the first time, and I still remember when the, my first words that came out of my mouth were, oh man, that's Mark Calloway, or that's Mark Callis, it's me, Mark Callis, you know? Because while others were looking at The Undertaker as a new individual, a new superstar, I was looking at him as the guy I saw in WCW, and then The Undertaker would move on and continue on with his career and he would you know be undefeated for one year and then he would take on Hulk Hogan at Survivor Series one year later and then win the championship for the first time and then The Undertaker would take on Jake the Snake Roberts he would take on the Ultimate Warrior he would take on so many in his path he would go on to have one of the greatest Wrestlemania streaks in the history of the WWE um, he would change his persona. He would become 
from the dead man to the American badass. And then after the American badass, he would come back to being the dead man. He would be the WWE champion. He would win his first world title. He had many great matches throughout his career. You know, everything from the match he had with Batista, the match he had with Mark Henry, um, match he had with Randy Orton, which was very legendary in so many ways. He did he did tremendous. He's won titles. Survivor Series was always his home. WrestleMania was always his trailblaze. And we're going very, very close to 30 years now. 30 years of The Undertaker. And there's always been that question, is The Undertaker going to stop? Is The Undertaker going to retire? Or... Is it going to continue? There's always been, there's always been that old expression: "Never say never in this business," and you never say never in this business. You know, you you think you're going to retire, you think you're going to be finished, but it continues on. The Undertaker have went from injury to injury, went from. You know, having his ribs cracked, had his face cracked a while back. And he is just a tremendous athlete. He's just a tremendous star. The Undertaker is one of those individuals that, you know, for me personally, he's really the only superstar that has kept up with his, well, quote unquote, character. And he never, ever changed character in front of anybody. And this was one of those situations where you don't see anybody like The Undertaker anymore. You just don't. Because in a world in wrestling where everyone goes ahead and they know the business, but they choose to expose it and tell everyone, hey, we're fake. This is who we are. This is what we are. If this was The Undertaker, he would have slapped that bitch in the fucking face and we'll tell him you don't t- you don't say that shit on television. You say it when it's right. And right now this ain't your time and this ain't the price. And the Undertaker would have done that. The one thing that, you know, some of the things I love about the Undertaker, he has respect for this business. He knows the business. He learned from the best. He learned from people like Bruiser Brody from Austin you know, from The Rock, from from everybody. And it's uh, from Dusty Rhodes, you know, everybody. 30 years for The Undertaker, 30 years that he has done this, and he's still one of the most recognizable figures in all of pro wrestling. And there will be, there will never be another Undertaker in this lifetime. Never. I hardly see it. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this edition of the Thank You Taker Tribute episode right here on the Main Event Talk podcast. Part 11 is officially over as of right now. And we pretty much covered everything we needed to cover. Everything from the origins of The Undertaker, from the rise of the dead man to the movable of the American badass and so forth. But as the old expression goes... It is not over 
by a long shot. We are down to one more episode. The Thank You Taker tribute continues and is going to continue on the Night of Survivor Series. Survivor Series is happening this Sunday, live on the WWE Network. Be there to see Survivor Series as it happens, Raw versus SmackDown, who's going to win? And be there for The Undertaker's final farewell. Is the dead man finished? Is it over for him? Is he going to retire? Or is he going to continue on? That's been one of the stories that we've always wanted to know about for years. Personally, to me, I hope it is time for the dead man to be finished. Because there's really nothing else to prove. And as far as I'm concerned, if this is the last time for The Undertaker, then let it be. So thank you for listening to this episode. And I'll see you next time for the final episode of the Thank You Take Your Tribute. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said.